What's up, everyone? I'm Katherine Rudder, and this is Life in the Fast Chain. Season 2, Episode 2. How are we all doing? I definitely didn't say that right. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I am ready for the holidays. I took a random mental health two days off last week, and I came back even more stressed because of all that needs to get done before people start to head out for the holidays. Weird timing, would not recommend in future. Um, anyways, thank you for tuning in to this episode of the podcast. Before we get into it to discuss all that the venture development team has been able to accomplish in the last year and how you can get involved in the VD program, I just wanted to call out our holiday message that we at R3 sent out to our amazing ecosystem. Um, we have a blog post, which I will link in the bio of this episode, and a special video message from our CEO, David Rudder, wishing everyone a happy and healthy holiday season, despite the times. R3 has recently donated a ton of food to local shelters, food banks, and soup kitchens, which is obviously great, especially within the times, and it is the holiday season. Um, that said, we are also matching donations to employee-selected charitable organizations to help those most impacted by the pandemic. Let's be real, I say most because we have all been impacted in different ways, and I'm sure a lot of us want to help others but don't know how. So if you are willing and able to donate or do an act of kindness this holiday season, but you don't know where to start, I think this is a good opportunity. Um, and R3 will amplify your donation by matching it, which I think is pretty wonderful as well. You can check out the charities for our donation matching program on the blog post. Um, and again, you can watch the season's greetings from our CEO on that page as well. This year is obviously a bit different. In years past, we've kind of recapped some accomplishments and some great things that we've done and people in our ecosystem and community have done um, throughout the year, but this year is obviously a bit different. Um, last note, Bitcoin, what is going on? Bitcoin has reached record highs and topped 23,000 US dollars on Thursday. I'm not surprised at this point with Bitcoin. I'm just kind of mad I don't own more of it. Um, everyone's talking about Bitcoin, but it also seems like all cryptos are just crushing it right now. When I am recording this, Ethereum is up more than 20% in the past week. Uh, XRP up 25, then Litecoin, Stellar, and a ton of the other smaller coins are up as well. When this gets published, I do not know what the percentages will be, so don't hold me to uh, what I just said. <laughs> but I feel like uh, Bitcoin is like the shiny thing that people want to talk about, especially people who don't know that much about cryptocurrencies. Um, but if you're interested in learning more, I would look into altcoins as well um, and not just the big B. I say this and it's kind of funny because I think the listeners kind of range a lot between people who know a ton about cryptocurrencies and then people who know very, very little. Um, okay, I'm not going to pretend to have any expertise on the matter, so no one invest uh, because I'm saying this. I do not know what the future holds for cryptos, nor do I pretend to know. Um, but when this gets released, it all could come crashing down. I hope it doesn't, um, but no one blame me, please. Um, okay, are you tired of hearing me speak to myself? 
I am a Gemini, so I could do this forever, but I will spare you all. Let's tune in to the good stuff. the line with venture development lead at R3, Lauren Feld. I'm in a hat that says I just want pizza. I look like I just came off the mountain. Um, thank you for joining me today. Thanks so much. I'm, I've always wanted to be on the R3 podcast, so this is a dream come true. So thanks for having me. <laughs> what? I would have dressed up better. <laughs> no, the pizza hat is exactly what I wanted, so perfect. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, I'm really leaning into working from home at this point. I've gone into the office a few times, but it, it actually makes me appreciate more being in like my comfy clothes. Right. The days that you can like go all the way on the other end of the spectrum and just have like oh, yeah. pajamas. I'm with you. 100%. I'm almost at the point where I'm going to show up to the office in this and everyone's going to be like, who is this person? Why does she look like have a beanie with pizza <laughs> on it? Um, but yeah, it's been very interesting and now everything's starting to shut back down again here in New York. It's been crazy in London. How are you doing with quarantine and and working from home? I personally love it. I I don't know if I'm the anomaly. It's hard to say because I feel like half the people when we like send out these surveys are like, I love it. I think anyone who like has young children, like is miserable, which I completely get. I would not be okay if I had some kids running around and was like also trying to work full time. Um, but I love it. I mean, I joined our three in March and literally my first day I went into the office and it was the day that literally when I was in the office setting up my laptop, my first email I got was that they were, the office was closed and I was like sitting there, me and the IT guy and we were like, well, I guess like we should leave. Like, <laughs> so it was a weird time to start a new role at a new company. Um, I've never met any of my colleagues in person, which is kind of crazy. And like our whole team is, you know, we're like remote all around the world. My boss is in Amsterdam. Um, but honestly it really has been totally fine. I don't feel like I was like at any detriment. Now I feel like super ingrained in the company. Like I've been there for years. I feel like I know everyone. So it was was fine. I wasn't, I was definitely nervous when it first happened. Um, But it's been great. I I love just like being able to honestly just not have the commute. Like I'm out in Brooklyn and to not have to take the subway like past into the All the way over in Brooklyn. (laughs) It honestly feels like sometimes it is a country away, but I know it's (laughs) I know. New Yorkers will relate to that. Sometimes I live very south in Manhattan and still when we were going out places, they'd be like, wow, we're going to Brooklyn? We're going far today. (laughs) I know, I know. I know. I mean, I think I love talking to people kind of in your shoes who started at R3 when um, we were quarantining. If there's any silver lining to any of that is one, well, one, you, you enjoy working from home. Two, you got to set up your computer in person so you didn't have to deal with like annoying back and forth, which I'm sure our IT guys have it down pat now, but it's kind of lucky. <laughs> totally. Like the next wave of people and everyone who's joined, which we've had a lot of people who joined since oh, yeah. the company and they've all had to do that. And I am not, despite working in blockchain, I'm not tech savvy. So it would have been a nightmare if I had to like do all that by myself with no support. So I'm very, very thankful. Oh yeah. That's awesome. I think also too, with your team, um, the venture development team for people who don't know, it is a fairly new team and new to me because time makes no sense anymore. But 
it was started growing at like the beginning of this year, the beginning of 2020. Um, and now your team has grown a lot, but luckily for you kind of, no matter what you kind of went into the role, knowing that your teammates were going to be dispersed, right? Yes, true. I did know that I would be, you know, in New York to kind of like build out our East coast presence. And the only one on the team, we have some on the West coast. Um, we have someone in, um, Malaysia, who covers APAC, someone who is in London covering EMEA. So we're definitely yeah. a global team. So I knew that I wouldn't be with our counterparts. I still thought, you know, I'd be going to the office with everyone else who works in and the team that we work and collaborate with. Um, but it's actually been, I feel like we should be like a case study or something. The fact that our team has been able to work so well together and everything that we've been able to accomplish since March without having ever like been in the same room together is like this crazy. I feel like we're a good case study of like remote working can work. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, well, we're lucky to be in an emerging tech space. So if we can't work in this environment of like digital first, then then we wouldn't be a good example for other companies who are kind of behind the eight ball. Um, But you guys also have just, like you said, you've been working really hard as a team and you've done, you've accomplished a lot. So the venture development team is aimed at supporting early stage startups in the blockchain space and distributed ledger space. Um, How, when you first started, obviously the strategy of the venture development team changed a lot because you needed to kind of flip everything on its head, I feel like, as did most people, um, to support startups who are probably at that point so nervous because now like the, the, the companies that maybe would have invested in their startup or their ID, idea could maybe pull back because of like monetary reasons. How did you change um, and how have you been able to be kind of successful in supporting these startups? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think like the biggest thing is like I just mentioned, like I was put in New York to build out our presence on the East Coast. So the idea was like, you know, I'd run a whole bunch of events and happy hours and things in New York to get people on the East Coast region. And same with, you know, William, who's out on the West Coast, where we are also like a newer presence uh, and trying to build out a really, you know, brand name for ourselves and for our three. And obviously when COVID hit, like every other program, accelerator and co-working space, we shifted to a fully virtual programming, which was a fairly easy shift, honestly, just with Zoom and, you know, just we moved a lot of our formats online, which was fairly seamless, but it definitely changed our strategy of being much more, much less geo-focused, which is how we had originally, I think, thought about expansion and growing our team to be more like, let's just, there are no bounds, right? Like there's no bounds because everything's online now. So that was like, that's, I think was actually a positive shift and something we're talking about. How does that translate into and will that like affect our strategy moving forward? And is that the right direction to stay with and you know, I think there are pros and cons of doing that. But um, I think the other thing is we thought a lot more about, you know, a couple initiatives, especially in March when like things first hit and a lot of startups were really struggling, especially startups that were in the midst of a fundraise and were really relying on that injection of capital to keep them going. So we created yeah. a couple of projects to try to support early stage teams in that light. Um, you know, a couple of different scenarios where we could provide some sort of bridge financing to help support them to a next fundraise or these things called engineering assignments where we could potentially take in some extra you know, technical folks on really strong Corda teams who maybe if you 
we're in between a certain product milestone and had some extra bandwidth would essentially come and help us out in our three in the interim um, to reduce burden for that team, but not to lose really talented Corda developers. So there are a couple initiatives like that that we thought about. Um, and, and just in general, I think like continuing to really build out a strong program and make connections to investors, to mentors, as much as we really yeah. could do, I think we all just kind of like really jumped into action in March to figure out like, how can we be there just for founders right now? I think everyone was really in need and in all different kinds of ways, but I don't think anyone escaped the impact. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, I know you guys have done a lot with just like kind of connecting the dots between people and companies, especially with your mentor um, program. And I know people in the community also, which I love, there are obviously people who are starting these um, companies and are kind of trying to get into the space and get in the swing of things. They would love the support of like a mentor or someone who's already been through it. But I also noticed that all the mentors are really like excited and, and like, very willing to help them too, which is such a nice kind of handshake. For sure. Yeah. I think like all of the mentors, investors that come into the program, like everyone has different motivations. Like some are like, yeah, I just, I want to pay it forward because maybe I was a founder. I've tried to build companies and it's really hard or like, uh, maybe they want to grow their own network. It's really about meeting like other mentors, investors in the space. Some are actively like looking for new roles to join early stage companies or to join as a formal advisor and have some sort of advisory. Yeah. So there's all different motivations. And I think having those different motivations makes it a really good, like cohesive group overall, because like everyone's coming from a different perspective, but um, yeah. I think it's just fun. Like working with startups is fun. Like I love my job and being able to like work with early stage companies so I think it's fun for them to be able to, you know, some of these people are working at, you know, big companies where maybe there's not as many exposure potentially to like innovation or early stage teams. So to be able to meet five really cool cutting edge companies that are doing something really innovative and getting a lot of traction and lending yeah. expertise and support, like it feels good and it's impactful. So I think I get why yeah, I like enjoy pretty it. pretty satisfying too, like kind of connecting the dots and introducing these people to help them with their like ideas and see it come to life too. Totally. It's so, it's so easy. Like I think it's so easy. I realized just to like make this an email introduction to two people, but it just, all it takes is having that thought of like actually one, like knowing your network, like knowing who's there and what their skill sets are and also knowing what people need. And a lot of times it really is as simple as like a Slack or an email introduction, but it can go so far. Like I love I got an email the other week from one of our mentors who ended up being able to help find an executive position for one of our founders. And, you know, he got connected to him through happy hour and it just kind of snowballed from there. And it's like, those are the great outcomes that we're driving towards and trying to push for. And it's, it's not always like the first ask. It's maybe something that's like a second order effect, but that's still a huge win. So yeah, that's, that's yeah. we're, we're doing what we're doing. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Well, other than the, obviously, um, amazing things that people would benefit from just community wise and also using you guys as a tool to make connections. Um, there's obviously many benefits to being involved in the venture development program. What would be your advice to someone who's listening to the podcast, just like hanging out with an idea <laughs> and is a little nervous to take a leap, but would like, like has a really good idea. I believe in it. Um, and what would your advice be to them to join the venture development program? Yeah, I think like one is general advice is just like 
always start now because like there's never going to be a good time or the right time to like start a company or start working on anything and just start. It doesn't, you don't have to be like that founder story. That's like, you know, hockey stick growth, but you're never going to get anywhere if you don't at least start on it. So, and I think part of the benefit of the program and why I say people, especially who are working in the blockchain or DLT space should join our programs because having like that peer support is so helpful, especially in the space where like what I always say about early stage blockchain companies is building a company is hard period. Building a blockchain company is 10 X hard for a bunch of reasons. Like first and foremost being that it's an emerging technology. So there still aren't like, you know, there's still emerging standards about what that looks like. And also building distributed networks is hard. Building distributed systems is hard. It's not just selling into one customer. You're building like a network where there has to be collaboration across many, sometimes difficult enterprise customers. And so that leads to a whole host of challenges. So having like that peer support, I think is, is super helpful. Yeah, definitely. I find like aside, obviously the community um, is such a big, aspect, which also I, I find it's interesting. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the open source community and like the developer community um, and just kind of open source, like core to open source. Um, there's so many factors that go into open source that then end up feeding into enterprise, which like helps a completely different community. Um, but I think there's probably a, an interesting balance with you guys too, with like open source and enterprise and all that. Because at the end of the day, you also have to, you're building a business and you want it to have the benefits of an open source community kind of thing, but you also need to think about the business needs. So I'm sure it's a very, especially on blockchain, where you have, you do have some people, maybe if you're going for certain investor groups who you actually have to like bring them up the learning curve to on blockchain and DLT, which I'm hoping that we're getting past that point of people being so skeptical of the technology, but do you have people kind of come to you guys and are like, oh, we don't know how to pitch blockchain or DLT or something? Because I feel like you could go a bunch of different ways. You could just present your use case and not really mention you're building it on blockchain or yeah, find a way. Totally, totally. I think like, so, so many things in there that I want to pick up. I think in general, <laughs> um, <laughs> Like uh, to your point, part of the another big benefit of being part of our program is that a lot of the investors that are in our investor network are investors that are focused on blockchain and DLT. And so then it's just the sell is a lot easier because to your point, you don't have to go through that hump of the educational, like what is blockchain? What is Corda? Why is that the best platform for this? Yeah, that's a good point. You already have people who are like bought into not only blockchain and DLT, but into Corda specifically because they're familiar with it. Uh, We know them and we've kind of done that educational legwork for you. So that's like definitely a huge benefit that we hear from our founders. Um, And I think to your point, like we being in the space for a while, I used to be at Consensus. um, So I saw also a lot of like Ethereum focused blockchain pitches um, and at Deloitte in the blockchain labs. I've seen like a whole bunch of how the blockchain pitch has evolved. And it's definitely gone from like, we're building like on blockchain and like the whole pitch being about the blockchain tech to now a lot of companies being like, hey, here's the problem we're going after. Like, it's a really hard problem. Like, here's a solution. Here's like why you need this kind of solution. And maybe like a mention of blockchain. Um, yeah. It's kind of cool to like see that evolve. And like, I personally think that's the right approach. Cause if you think about like other, you know, solutions, like you don't know how a lot of your favorite apps or products work. You don't really care. You just care what it does for you. So yeah. I think that's like the right, we've definitely seen that evolution, but I think sometimes founders do have questions about like, 
you know, how do I articulate or like explain our technology or solution? It's very complicated. How do we make sure it's accessible but without like watering it down? Um, yeah. And, you know, I think just like there are definitely questions about it's a little bit of an art and a science, like in terms of the blockchain pitch, I think. Yeah, that's so funny. So with the companies, you guys actually, before I ask that question, you I've mentioned that you guys have grown a lot. Um, but how many about how many companies are you guys working with now slash like from when you first started to now? Because I know you it's grown a lot. Yeah, it's grown a lot. It's kind of crazy. We started this year with, um, I think like around a little over a hundred companies, 75 of which were actively building on Corda. Mm-hmm. Now we're at over 500 companies globally and over 175 that are actively building on Corda. Um, so wow. that's been like pretty big significant growth, I would say. And yeah, um, yeah, we we just realized, like, I think we just, we kind of happened and we realized, you know, we we met so many great companies this year. Um, We were just like onboarding. We were so fast and furious, like boots on the ground. And we kind of, like, I personally took a step back recently and I was like, wait, I think we now can actually say that we have one of the largest enterprise, like, early stage blockchain ecosystems. And now looking at it, we're like, yeah, we definitely do. Like if you look at, there aren't one that many large blockchain communities out there and the ones that exist are mostly focused on the public side. So I think like we can actually officially say that we are the largest enterprise blockchain ecosystem for early stage founders. So that's like a pretty cool title. Yes, a little niche, but I'll take it. I think we'll continue yeah. to expand that out, but <laughs> it's still niche. Cool Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> facts are facts. That's, yeah, that's awesome. It's pretty remarkable. And I've had um, David on your team, um, venture development team, on the podcast before and he was talking um about how obviously you guys are supporting you're a small kind of lean mean team um and you are supporting so many different um companies and like scale scaling up is obviously um something that you guys have been able to do a good job of because of all the things that you've done since covid has massively impacted everyone like the webinar series like um, all the, like the newsletters and like just connecting the dots, spotlighting st- certain startups. So that's pretty remarkable too. Um, and now since it's all digital, it's, I guess maybe it's even easier because people would be more willing to jump on a Zoom call. Totally. Like it's like dial into the webinar and do your laundry in the background or like dinner <laughs> yeah. with family. Like I don't care. Like as long as you're on, everyone's multitasking, just trying to make it work. Like I appreciate that people show up and um also like again like that geographic thing like yes you still have to think about time zones because it's not like people are working 24 hours all of a sudden but um you know before we would have an event and we could only have if it was in person there's obviously a lot of benefits of having people face to face and like that energy and connection but now if we host an event like people can join from anywhere in the world and everyone else is experiencing that too but that's really powerful from like a community growth perspective and you know having mentors that we know and you know, Hong Kong that are able to connect with American companies that are looking to expand into APAC. Like that is super cool and, and valuable, I think, for our founders. Yeah, I think too, with um, moving forward, hopefully this is um, 
one of the toughest times of trying to figure everything out and moving forward, then you can integrate, which this is probably a scary thought for you guys, because you're like, oh, now we have to do in-person stuff too. <laughs> but like, you can actually integrate the, the like, old stuff too, which was always very helpful, like going out and meeting customers or, um, or startups, partners and everything. So it can so kind of, I'm so only excited. Like, I'm like, I've been, I've met so many of these people that I've had, like, you know, dozens of calls with and like see their face all the time virtually. I'm like, I'd love to meet you. Like, I'd love to know, are you five foot seven or six foot two? Like, I can't tell. <laughs> I can't wait to find out. Like, <laughs> I know. I know. It's very funny, too, from my perspective, luckily for work, because and outside of the podcast for work, I would go to London a good amount. So I felt like I knew like I'm also very nosy. I want to know everyone. So in London, I want to know everyone in New York. I want to know everyone. Singapore. I'm like someone sent me there. No one has yet. But I I feel like so I just want to see everyone again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I say that I've clearly lost my marbles with this get up that I have on it. Um, no, I'm, I'm totally with you. It will be cool. It will be cool, I think, for us to, you know, I definitely think in 2021, hopefully when, you know, everything is back to normal, <laughs> that we can, uh, we'll definitely start doing more in-person events and getting people. I think like in, in this space, in every space, like, you know, I was a psychology major and like, I know everyone knows that nine times out of 10 people prefer to meet in person than virtual. Like we're doing our best now, but there's no substitute for that. And just like that energy and, you know, going out to a bar after and like the kinds of conversations that you have after like the formal, like there's just no way to really replicate that online. So I definitely know that, you know, that in-person strategy is, is going to be a crucial part moving forward. Um, but I just think yeah. we'll also, to your point, be able to continue with this virtual programming because it's been also really successful and pretty easy from a coordination perspective. Yeah, yeah. We're definitely really lucky, especially the venture development program, obviously, but our three as a whole that we've been able to keep on working and moving throughout this uh, pandemic and we're still growing. Um, and I just think it's very important, especially going into the holiday season where a lot of people don't have jobs and we have like this, this it's fairly depressing for, and I don't know, I like, I've always had anxiety and stress and everything and it's so heightened. So I can't imagine, I can't even imagine what a lot of people are going through. So just from, from a work perspective outside of the personal stuff, it's a hard time. So I looking forward to, to getting back to normal, but we are so fortunate that we are in the position where we can sit here and say we have our jobs and we can work from home and we can totally. be successful. And yeah. it's it's pretty remarkable. Um, but do you have, before I let you go, um, because I could talk forever and that's why I'm <laughs> the host of the podcast. Um, so, oh God, I'm like, hey, uh, Conan, our producer, can you cut that out? Um, so, uh, before I let you go, uh, are there any like recent stars in the venture development program that you'd like to give a shout out to? I love a good shout yeah. out. Yeah, I mean, there could be, I mean, we have 500 companies, there could be so many shout outs. There is a couple of Pull out a roll of paper and start naming. <laughs> I know, start like declaring and reading them off. Um, I think we, you know, all the companies that have fundraised recently this year, which are honestly a lot of them, like huge kudos, even more than, you know, closing around is always a huge win, but especially in this environment, like, 
and yeah. the kinds of solutions that they're doing, which is like innovation plays, like hats off to all of those companies. And I guess the other one that I would shout out is Intellect EU, which has been a really strong partner. They're a global company uh, headquartered in New York and also have an office in EMEA. They're, um, they are the recent winners of our um, InsureTech Challenge. So the, the challenges are, yes, big, big congrats to them. The challenges we do on kind of a almost quarterly basis, we run a couple a year on our team and partner with a corporate sponsor. So for our InsureTech Challenge, we partnered with B3i, which is a large insurance consortium based in Germany. Um, and IntellectEU won for their claim shares uh, application, which is essentially trying to detect and reduce fraud in claims issuance. So when people basically file uh, claims with multiple insurers, this is trying to essentially prevent that source of fraud, which is a huge problem in the insurance space. So really interesting solution. Um, they won all of our grand prizes and they're continuing to talk with B3i about potentially moving that forward. So big, big one to them. Ooh. And uh, yeah, and I guess we have, just in case anyone's interested in the challenges, we have, um, our telco challenge, which is live now. I think the applications are closing like actually maybe today or sometime this week. I got to double check, but with Swisscom, uh, Vodafone and AWS. So if anyone out there is listening and interested, they're in the telco space, definitely apply or shoot me an email if you miss a deadline, but you're interested. Yeah, definitely. And also we have these challenges. Like we, I remember, I think our first, we've had uh, this is a long time ago. We had uh, our first insure tech challenge, and I do think it's really cool that we're going into different industries as well. Yeah. Um, and it's really awesome in a different, fun way to support these companies. Um, so shout out to Intellectu. That is <laughs> great news. Yes. Um, very good. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I'm sure. Um, I say that, but I like wish I could ask you a million more questions because I feel like your head is like filled with solutions, you know? Uh, wow, I'm so flattered. I definitely try to be solution oriented. I can do like one or two more questions if you want. We can do like the an encore round if you want to just shoot. There's one or two pressing things. All right. Well, let's talk about. Oh, I'm happy that we don't have to to end it. I was looking at the clock, like sweating. Um, I also could just take off my jacket, which is basically <laughs> like ready to step outside in the tundra. Um, but okay. So then I will ask you, um, what is 2021 looking like for you and for the program? I know we kind of touched about hopefully it being in person and stuff, but do you have any other like bigger plans um, moving forward? Yeah, I think like 2021, we've been having a lot of like year end 2021 conversations. I think like by and large, we're like, wow, this year has been a huge success for our team. Something's working, like let's keep going. So there's a lot of focus on just like one, continuing to just double down on the companies that we're already working with, the mentors and investors in our program and making sure that they're all having a really positive experience. Um, so we're continuing to build out, you know, our, our mentor and investor networks to figure out better solutions to better connect. Uh, founders as they're fundraising with investors that are relevant and potentially would be interested in their solution and their round. Um, and we're also thinking about ways to potentially restructure the program a little because I think we've learned a lot from this year about like what does the journey look like for a company that enters our program? Like we're not a typical accelerator that's like three months start and end and then you raise a seed round and go on and live your life. Um, yeah. So it's a bit more atypical. And in that sense, we're kind of figuring out like, 
from companies that have now been in the program for a little bit, like what does that journey look like? Like what are the typical ebbs and flows and kind of like milestones that we see people hitting? Um, So we're creating like a little bit more structure around that and potentially thinking about creating different like membership tiers. So, you know, thinking like you can unlock different solutions or um, different levels of value, essentially, depending on where you are from a milestone perspective and your quarter development. Um, So nothing that we can like officially share yet, but definitely keep on the horizon. And I think we will just as a team, like Ivar, our boss is very much like test and learn, let's iterate, let's be lean and startup-like. So I think our program will always continue to evolve um, and just try to be better. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And people can learn more about the Venture Development Program on r3.com. You recently had a blog, and I will link to all of that too. Yes, yes. Definitely check out the blog. It talks, it's it's short, but it talks a little bit about some things we talked about and what we're trying to do uh, as a team and just kind of like patting ourselves on the back a little bit for all the hard work that we've done and, and sharing it out. Love it. Because it's been working. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. Okay, before I let you go, when we are back to normal times, what is the first restaurant or bar you're going to go to in New York, meaning Manhattan or Brooklyn? Oof. This is a hard one. It's hard because also some of my favorite places have shut down. <laughs> I know. That's what I was thinking. The first one I was thinking about Maison Premiere in, in Brooklyn is closed. But I'll say Black Flamingo, because which is a bar in Brooklyn that has a really fun dance floor downstairs. Because I live right across. I'm staring at it right now, getting covered in this snowstorm. So I used to always, that was always the last stop at the end of the night. Like if you're too tired, but there's one more stop, it was always stop at Black Flamingo to end the night. So I miss that. And when I'm back at Black Flamingo, then life will really be back to normal because <laughs> if I'm doing Black Flamingo, then then something's right again. So that that's, that's a good way. one. That's a good one. I had, I actually, I'm surprised that I even asked you that question because if someone asked me, I would have no idea what to say, but that's a good one because I think restaurants, uh, we got a little taste having restaurants be open for a little, like I was right. able to kind of like make sure I got an outside table and, and be safe and everything. <laughs> but I was thinking the other day about how nice it would be to be in a crowded place and not have any anxiety. <laughs> no, I'm totally with you. I'm totally with you. Like I'm how into the black flamingo when you go, like <laughs> I just want to be surrounded by people making friends. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm so with you. Like, yeah, that's the key of what you said is being there and not feeling paralyzing anxiety. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Like someone stands a little too close to me. I'm like, do, do we have a problem? We're going to have a problem. I know. <laughs> you will not risk my safety and my family's safety. So ridiculous. Totally. But okay. okay well, <laughs> thank you for, thank you for having me on the podcast. This was so fun. I love it. I can't wait to to listen, share it out. And yeah, anyone, if you guys have questions, feel free to reach out to me, lauren.feld at r3.com. I'm, I'm here and happy to chat. So, but thank you. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks Talk to you later. See you at the Black Flamingo. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Life in the Fast Chain. I hope everyone has a happy and healthy holiday season despite the difference in this year than years past. Um, Hopefully we can all find moments of light this holiday season and 
moments of happiness. If you've quarantined uh, with a loved one, hold them extra tight. If not, send virtual hugs uh, to friends and family. I think it's important at this time of year, especially after one hell of a year that everyone's had. Um, And hopefully, despite some crazy and dark and different times, um, everyone's had some light in them as well. And looking forward to 2021, I will say that in New York, we uh, have a vaccine here. I know there's pretty effective vaccines elsewhere as well. I think for me, that's a that's a little bit of light because uh, I started to feel like this was kind of never ending and, and kind of down feeling like we would never get through this. But that is a sign that we are moving forward um, and hopefully 2021 we can start getting back to doing more things socially and whatnot. Um, but obviously everyone stay stay safe, uh, especially during the holidays. I know everyone wants to be with family and friends, but if you can't do it this year, you can't do it this year. It's okay. Just FaceTime. This is what technology is for. Um, thank you for listening to the podcast, sending love, health, happiness your way. Um, and yeah, share the podcast on social. If you want to, you can always tag me at bread and rudder, um, and share the podcast with friends and family. If they're bored, they're like, you know, I'm spending Christmas by myself. You're like, oh wow, there's this podcast life in the fast chain. The host talks to herself a lot. Um, but you know, maybe it's a good listen. Maybe, maybe it isn't, but maybe it is. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm losing it a little bit guys, but I'm looking forward to 2021 and I will speak to you all soon. Bye.